Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 43, I am Bond Diesel. Thank you very much for checking this out. If you're new, welcome. I hope you enjoy. If you've been here before, you're crazy, but I appreciate you. Let's jump right into it. Content updates. I'm, I'm probably going to do a giveaway here coming up soon. I mentioned that during the last podcast. Um, I had a little uh, self-conscious about doing a giveaway that requires following me in various places. Uh, I believe that uh, that's seen by some as cheap or lame or whatever. Uh, if I was giving away like $10 gift cards, I would agree. Um, but the people who want the prizes I'm going to be giving away... I think are probably division fans. So we're going to go ahead and do it. Hate the playa, not the giveaway or whatever. So I think I'm going to uh, give away a base copy of the game and one of those new division two coffee mugs that, that got released on Friday. So be on the lookout for that uh, possible PC upgrade. Um, the way I'm raising the money for this is I'm putting in 50 bucks of my own every month. I am, you know, if people donate and stuff on the stream, that's where it's going to go. Um, I mean, no one has to help. I'll raise it on my own over time. If anyone wants to support the PC master race, feel free, but you don't need to. It's all good. What I've decided to do, I'll be carrying over. Uh, my power unit and my graphics card from my previous machine. Um, I currently have a 600 watt power unit and a 1070 Ti. I was going to keep RAM, but after I did a little bit of research, the RAM I have is only 2400 megahertz or hertz or whatever. Um, and while it appears it will work with a Ryzen processor, it's definitely not ideal and it kind of it kind of downclocks it a bit. At least that's the impression I have. So. Uh, what I'm going to be looking at buying is a Ryzen 7. I was going to do the 5, but I think for longevity purpose, I'll just go with the 7. Uh, 16 gigs of 3200 hertz RAM. Uh, a Corsair case. It's a full-size case, but it's actually a tall case. Uh, or it's uh, it, it's like kind of squarish. Um, and it's a pretty reasonable price, and I really like uh, just the way it looks and the layout of it. Uh, I'm going to do a Samsung 500 gigabyte M.2 drive for the OS and games and then a Seagate 3 terabyte 7200 RPM drive um, for videos and and such. I, I think I'm going to get some bare dynamic DT 90 uh, 990s as well. Uh, that's kind of a side thing. Uh, I have some really cool Audio-Technica headphones, but they just don't, I just, I, I want something a little different, but I really like the open ear cups. So uh, I very well may just give away these Audio-Technica headphones with the, uh, maybe with the Division 2, why not? Uh, and most people, they sound amazing. I just don't love the way they sit on my, my big old head. So there's that. State of the game recap. Okay, so. No stay of the game this week. Pretty forgivable considering the insane amount of information we've gotten. That said, we have a, not actually a stay of the game, but a special report scheduled. If people have been around the game for a while, they'll remember that earlier in the game, uh, these were 
fairly common when they had big announcements um, for additions to the game and DLCs and stuff like that. So it's scheduled for January 22nd at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, United States. Do your conversion for what that means for you. It appears it's going to focus on the Dark Zone and PvP. Um, it appears that uh, Petter, Yannick, Ella, and hopefully Hamish are all involved. Uh, get the old crew back, plus one. I've interacted a little bit with Ella, and she seems super crazy nice. So it'll be nice to uh, have someone to, to rein those, the cringe lords in. So unless she just joins them, and that's cool too. So be on the lookout for that. I do plan on, um, I should be able to take my lunch during that time and I will live tweet. If you aren't able to watch and you want uh, a summary of what's going on as it happens, I will do my best to keep up and live tweet in a, in a single thread, um, everything that's going on. So be on the lookout for that. That said, I can't wait to get some information. Apparently there's going to be live gameplay. I think this would be a great time for them to clarify the season pass and pre-order bonuses as I've been asking for for a few months now. Specifically stash space. I'm seeing this topic starting to, to come up again as it should. And the additional activities. Everything else I'm cool with. Everything else I don't really care about. But what are additional activities? Are they gonna, you know, are they gonna be an advantage or just something cool for season pass people? And let's clarify the stash space thing. I'm 99.9% .9 confident it's not gonna be an issue, but there's still enough mystery around it that I'm seeing people essentially make stuff up about it and claim that they know uh, when they don't. And uh, I, I bet you see a big old bump in pre-orders if they clarify that situation. So there's that. Stay of the game recap. Not yet, but we'll have one next week and I cannot wait. So for division news, uh, to say that this week was um, significant, I would say is, uh, is cool, uh, is correct, is accurate, is, is, uh, is right. So PVP news. To say the least, I'm probably going to miss some stuff here, but I'm going to do my best. So we found out that the DZ in Division 2 will have three different DZs. We have an East, South, and West. On top of this, we have a new Rogue system where there's going to be different levels of Rogue. Uh, just a normal Rogue, Disavowed, and Manhunt. Uh, the way that you get to these things uh, are new. There's all kinds of new things you can do and uh, including this thing called a thieves den so the first level of rogue is essentially um, committing an illegal action that doesn't involve killing someone so uh, there's supply drops again and you can open the supply drop and everyone in the area gets an item from the supply drop so even people i believe who aren't in your group or you can steal the supply drop and you by yourself get extra items and everyone else doesn't get anything and this marks you as a rogue. This level of rogue just has a timer. It looked like it was 90 seconds from the footage I saw, but that may change. And so people can attack you at this point, um, but it, it's limited, right? So there's different actions that you can get this from. Uh, there, there's little stations you can activate. 
you can steal um, the supply drops. If another player dies, you can steal their loot, and that puts you in this because you stole something, but you didn't kill them, right? When you kill someone, you become a disavowed rogue. And this is where your status does not go away on a timer anymore, from what I could tell. With that, from there, um, if you kill enough individuals, and as I said that, I may be wrong, that may actually run out on a timer. But then if you kill enough people, you go manhunt. And when you go manhunt, you have the only way you can clear your manhunt is to die or to um, get rid of your status at one of three random manhunt stations that pop up around DZ. This is similar to Division 1, but instead of one static one, there's three random ones. And what happens with that is I believe people in the in the zone are notified of these three locations, but they don't know which one you're going to go to. And I believe they're only notified of the area, not the exact location. So what you can do is you can go to one of those locations and clear your manhunt. But if you want more rewards, you can actually go to one or two of them, deactivate them and not clear your manhunt, and then go to one of the remaining ones or the only remaining one, clear your manhunt there, and actually get way more rewards. The risk to that being that now people, if you only go down to one manhunt station, everyone knows where you're going. So you may have to fight off the other eight agents if you're in a group or maybe up to 11 other agents if you're not in a group. Sounds tough. The Thieves' Den I mentioned is a thing where in that first level of Rogue, um, before I think you've killed anyone, uh, you can go around and activate these stations that are randomly placed on walls. And once you activate enough of them, or I think if you even just commit enough of the rogue actions, you get the location of a thieves den, which is a place where you can get, uh, you can buy gear that isn't available anywhere else. And it appears there's some other things that you can do there. One of the things showed in footage right now is that you can pick up uh, special ammo from a box. Uh, I've only seen a shock ammo, but I've been told it's random and that other people and other footage has shown people picking up like fire ammo. Uh, it appears it was only 30 rounds. And uh, this has caused a bit of a, uh, a, a bit of an upset in the community. And, and I get it. I, I, for the, me, it's one of those things where I'm going to assume there's more to this story. There's more to this mechanic. There's stuff that hasn't been balanced or finalized. And I, and I would go out on a limb and guess that it won't be this simple. I have to assume that, that there's more behind this or that it's not final. Because if it is, um, if it's put in exactly the way it currently is, I'm a little worried that uh, I just don't get it. I don't understand why. So that's why I'm assuming there's more to it. Because right now, it, it just seems kind of pointless. But who knows? Another thing about these three zones is we found out that at the end game, um, there will be a rotating system where at any given time one of these zones will be considered occupied so we haven't gotten a ton of details about what the occupied zone looks like but what we what we do know is that it's going to be the most challenging uh, pve uh, in ways as well as having completely different rogue mechanics so um, 
the, the regular DZ in Division 2 will have a Rogue 2.0-ish system. It seems like it's evolved a little bit, and like I was saying, there's a bunch of different mechanics that go along with it. The Occupied Zone will literally have no rogue system and it's uh, the way i interpreted it is it's essentially a free-for-all friendly fire everything everyone can kill everyone there's no rogue statuses if you see someone you kill them or you can or you can choose not to but you're always at that risk i'm not sure what this means for teams i'm not sure if like if you go in with two of your buddies uh if technically you could kill each other uh, i have a feeling that that is what it means and that's super cool in my opinion. Um, so you have the idea that you could go on to your buddies and if while you're farming, uh, one of your buddies picks up a gun that you really wanted, you play it cool, you guys go to the extract, you call in the chopper, and as he's going to put that thing on the, on the rope and send it out, you can just murder him for it and take it. <laughs> so uh, if that's how this occupied zone works, I'm really excited. I think right now we're in a situation where we've heard that the PVE uh, in-game activities are going to be the focus in a lot of ways. So if people just want to do that, it sounds like they're going to have a ton to do. If people want to delve into the dark zone, but aren't really super hardcore into it, or they really just want to farm or whatever, the two normal DZs are going to be great for them. And then it sounds like the people who miss Rogue 1.0 and, and those type of mechanics, but who don't want these new turrets that defend the checkpoints, that those who don't want to deal with a bunch of these... Um, you know these mechanics that they may not think are good well they can go to the occupied zone there's always going to be one up and they can go there and they can just murder to their heart's delight so uh, it sounds cool I'm, I'm really really interested in this uh, i think uh this is showing that in a lot of ways they've listened to the community very well and i am excited to see where they go with it so so that's the summary. I think there's a lot more details than that, especially about the specific zones themselves. The east zone, I believe, is the biggest one. I think the west zone is second biggest. And the south zone looks relatively small. From what I could see, if you put them all three together and smash them, um, I imagine they're around the same size as the entire original DZ before they added the northern area. Um, they did say that the player count has dropped to 12 from 24. Uh, I've, I've seen some saltiness about that. And the thing I think people need to realize is, uh, say each DZ zone is one third the size of the original DZ. So say that they're each the size of DZ one and two. Uh, so that would mean that they've reduced the amount of player space, uh, to one third but they've only reduced the players by half. So what that means is that the actual density of players per DZ is significantly higher. And I truly believe that now you're gonna run into people nearly constantly, especially if you pay attention to the map and you want to run into them. We got a little bit of lore. There's this thing called DC 62, the yellow stuff that we've seen everywhere on the trailers and concept art. It appears it was supposed to be some kind of chemical to stop the spread of the disease while it was still happening. It turns out it didn't do its job. And in fact, it sounds like it made things way worse. and was just as if not more toxic than the actual disease going around. I have a very strong suspicion we're going to have some conspiracy theories with this, and we may find out that maybe the 
the implementation of this stuff was uh, more nefarious than it sounds right now. I'm under the impression that this stuff was mostly used in the West DZ and that's why it was shut down. Um, I'm not really sure if it was used in the East and South and that's part of, I, I kind of have gotten some scattered uh, thoughts from watching all these videos. My brain just feels completely overwhelmed at this point, but but that's some of the, the lore it sounds like we're getting. So, the conflict mode is the next thing. So we're moving on from the DZ to conflict. So I'm really excited about this and, and I'll explain why here. So, so conflict is this, uh, this purpose-built PVP mode. Um, so think skirmish or last stand. Um, in fact, skirmish is being carried over as well as a mode called domination. So there are two separate modes. Domination essentially looks like optimized last stand. So it's got three points that you need to control to gain points and whoever hits a certain limit, or if there's a time limit, I couldn't really tell, uh, the team with the most points wins, right? So with the domination, it seems like it's last stand-ish, but the maps are smaller. Instead of capturing three individual points, there's actually just one supply drop thing to catch in each or to capture and you're essentially fighting with four other agents for these three zones. So um, with this and with skirmish, it appears skirmish is essentially the same mode as before. There's a score you need to hit by getting kills. It's a death match essentially uh, with, you know, where you kill so many and you hit that point and you win. With both of them, the big thing about this is that the maps that you play on are actually set outside of the player area from the regular game. So the map that we currently know from the Division 1 is not where you play these modes. What they've done is they've taken other notable areas in DC or in the DC area and made PvP maps from them. And what, what's so important about this is that in the Division 1, Skirmish and Last Stand were based on existing map areas that weren't necessarily exactly designed just for PvP. So they weren't necessarily optimized just for PvP. They, they weren't balanced, they weren't maybe even equal, you know, like the, the they, they weren't, you know... Um, there's a word I'm trying to think of and I can't do it, so we'll just move on, but... Um, they didn't match, you know, which if you want any kind of balanced PVP, you know, having each side get a similar route is pretty important. And what also seems interesting here is that I believe it said something along the lines that there's a separate progression for conflict. It's, it's not the same as your character in the regular game. I haven't really seen people talk about this or detail either because they haven't heard it or because they don't really get what it means. And that's where I'm at. So during some of the conflict gameplay we've seen if you look up at the top by the score i believe it tells you what specialization each player is and what i'm thinking is that there may be essentially classes with this so everyone starts off with all of the specializations you pick which one you want to be and then as you play conflict you can upgrade whatever specialization you prefer if they add more specializations i assume that we get more of them to choose from in conflict and what this essentially brings us is kind of a class-based system that you can upgrade as you play. What I don't care for about this, this was proposed a lot by a lot of people, people I respect and, and like a lot, 
I don't I didn't like this idea or this potential because I kind of feel like this is still an area where you should be using your own gear at the same time if they if their goal was to try to make some actually balanced PvP in this game even what we could call quote unquote competitive PvP then this was the way they were going to have to do it I think uh, whether I like it or not so um, I'm really curious to what this is going to mean um I think it could be really cool. I'm not gonna discount it. I really want to see it for myself. Uh, but with you know mention of things like actual anti-cheat for PC, mention of things uh, like upgraded servers and more servers around the world, uh, even to the point of things um, like just the game being more optimized. There's actually a thing about the DZ I forgot. Okay, go back for a second. Uh, I remember on the interview Terry Spear and Tony Sturzel did, there's a video of it uh, with Paris or Paris, I don't know what, you, what, what he's called, but um, they talk about how you can actually choose uh, when you go into the DZ, if you're afraid to get placed into a server too far away from you where you lag, you actually get a choice. You can either connect to a server that isn't your optimal server if it's full uh, and, and maybe deal with a little bit of latency issues, or you can go into a queue for your local server. Um, I think that's a really cool idea. So you're giving people a choice. I've been saying for a couple years now that the more choices you give people, the better. So, okay, kick back to the conflict. Um, so I think this, this sounds really cool. I'm really excited to see what comes of this. I'm curious if they're going to add more modes, maybe like a capture the flag mode, maybe like a kill confirm mode. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things, maybe even a straight free for all mode. There's a lot of there's a lot of places they can go with conflict. Uh, the next big topic getting away from PVP news entirely is clans. Uh, during the mixer stream, Matthias Carlson talked a lot. Uh, it's either Matthias or Matthias. I don't know. I'm going to go with Matthias. He talked a, a good amount about clans. Now, Terry Spear recently put out a tweet talking specifically about how they can't really give more info than what they've given, but more will come soon. Um, but the things that we found out about clans is that they will be managed completely within the game. Bummer. But it'll still be fine, I'm sure. That you can have up to 50 members of a clan per platform. So you can have a clan on PC and, and Xbox, but each of those individual clans can only have 50 people. And um, there's a dedicated area. I believe they mentioned something about that for the clans. I don't really know what that means, but I'm sure we'll get clarification. And it sounds like um, there's going to be you know, like rewards for being in the clan that are passive and purposeful. Uh, I mentioned a while ago that I thought the clans might be kind of like the Destiny 2 clans. Um, and that, that kind of sounds true to a point. Um, I know a lot of people don't like the clan system in Destiny 2, so I hope a lot of those weaknesses that people don't care for uh, maybe get, uh, you know, figured out. But uh, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, the clans are cool. I'm really excited for that. I've kind of decided I'm probably just going to open up my clan to whoever wants to join. Uh, as long as people stay active, I'll keep them in there. Um, if there's friends who want to be in there, that's fine. The biggest issue I know for me is that a lot of the people I interact with are probably going to want their own clans, which I understand. Um, and with me, rather than being pulled in 15 different directions to join all these different people's clans, um, I'm probably just going to do my own. And whoever wants to be in there can be in there. Uh, the last thing was skills. Marco did a video specifically on skills, and uh, it seems like there were a few that he wasn't able to touch at all, like the Firefly. 
Um, there were a bunch that we've already talked about and seen, so I'm probably going to ignore those. Um, but there's there are some skills like the shield. We saw that there's a shield very much like the one we currently have that can only be used with a pistol. Uh, we also saw that there's a new shield that only covers about two thirds of your body, but uh, but it has a rack. It has a area to place your primary weapon. So your AR, your shotgun or your SMG. Apparently LMGs don't work or at least they didn't in this uh, in this build they played. And it doesn't take as much damage and it still exposes your head, um, but it does allow you to tank a decent number of rounds and still be able to, to do your full normal AR damage or whatever primary you're using. We got to see the, the mortar turret or whatever. I don't remember exactly its name. The artillery turret, I think. Uh, and it, it it looks interesting you deploy it uh, you select an area for it to attack and it and it attacks it um we saw some of i believe the healing skills of the seeker mine uh and the um, hive uh, the hive healing thing just looks weird uh it's the little it's the little robots that fly out and they're green and they have like a green glow and they hit you um and heal you uh, or, or repair your armor and it, it just looks odd. So I'm wondering if that was finalized or not. It's almost like too big is kind of what I felt from it. But you know, maybe it's just the, the quality of the videos or whatever. So, um, but it appears to be filling that support station role that it's taken over um, in a different way, which I don't think is a bad thing. We also saw the Seeker Mine, which I believe is one of the specializations uh, exclusive mod for the seeker that goes around and heals yourself and and uh and your allies so the skills look cool um you know marco's comment in his video which i highly suggest going and checking out is that um it's interesting because a big issue with the division one is people got mad about the fire and forget skills so uh, the air burst seeker mind during that meta um, even the turrets and things like that. Well, now it seems like, you know, some people are upset about um, these skills that uh, are not fire and forget. You have to target them and stuff like that. And so it kind of feels like a damned if you do don't kind of a situation. Um, so I'm kind of curious to how these skills work out to which ones are popular. We did see in a bunch of this footage a return of the pulse. Um, it has a few different modes. Um, they seem kind of interesting. There seems like one is kind of like an EMP. Uh, one is like the pulse we know of today, but it doesn't provide extra damage. It, it literally just provides locations of enemies. And uh, I can't remember the other one off the top of my head, but they seem cool. I'm, I'm interested in them. And I am curious to what we get. So that's, that's what I'm gonna cover there. Um, if you're listening to this, I do plan on making a video probably today or tonight um, detailing all of the information I can think of as quickly as possible because I think a lot of people are overwhelmed as I know I am. I'm going to work on that for the next few hours to try to figure out a way to give as much of this information as quickly as we can. So be on the lookout for that if you're interested. When it comes to the speculation discussion, I'm not going to speculate right now. I'm just going to jump right into some community topics I've seen. Um, one that's cropping back up due to some videos and due to some people is the movement in the Division 2 again. Um, I'm going to reference again. I actually haven't 
Uh, I believe Lieutenant Buzz Lightbeer talked a little bit about it, didn't seem upset by it. Uh, Marco talked a little bit about it. He said that it feels somewhere between Wildlands and Division 1, leaning towards Wildlands. So I made a whole video on this that was relatively popular, um, for my numbers at least. Um, kind of explaining why I, I think I understand why people think that it feels the same, but how I think they're wrong. But that's only my opinion. I'm, I'm going to reserve from saying that right now about Marco specifically, um, because he's played what I assume is a much newer version of the game than me. Um, I can't talk about the alpha. All I can really talk about is the demo I played seven or eight months ago and i can only imagine lots of lots has changed since then so that topic's coming up again i still don't think it's going to be the case that it's as bad as you know some people feel but i could be wrong and i'm really excited for the seventh i'm excited for the beta uh, so i can dive in and see what's changed since i have last touched it and actually be able to talk about it <laughs> where i kind of can't right now so that's out there I wouldn't worry about it too much, but I could definitely be wrong. Uh, in his video and a topic for a while, people have talked about, I think ever since they talked about the new rifle class and just some of the mechanic changes with guns in general, is the, the scope mechanics with Division 2. So if you have a scope, I believe if it's over a certain magnification, on your gun, when you pull the left trigger to aim, it goes straight into a scoped first person mode. Um, so there's been a lot of displeasure put out with this because of how kind of ineffective the scope mode is, especially on console. Um, and, and the feeling I get is don't do this mechanic, leave it the way it was, you know, where you hold down the trigger, you go into a third person aim. And then if you click the button, at least on Xbox, it zooms you in, you have a choice. I don't, I don't want that. What, what I would like is for the scope to be optimized. And so when you are scoped, it feels more effective that you either have more control over the sensitivity of the scope or, or whatever. The reason is the reason I believe or understand that this is changing is that the, the high power scopes still have straight damage modifiers such as headshot damage. So in Division 1, especially on PC, but even on Xbox and PlayStation to a point, everyone just puts a 12x scope on, especially the ARs, because you just get straight headshot damage. And so on PC especially, that's extremely useful. It's a huge buff. Uh, it's, it's way more damage than you would get from crit chance or whatever from another site. Um, but you're putting a 12x scope on an AR and not using it. You're, it's just there to give you more damage. So in Division 2, it appears that they've gone the way of saying, sure, you can have this headshot damage if you want, but if you do it, uh, you're, you have to be scoped to get that advantage. So you can't face tank someone with an M4 and use the 12x without having the zoomed in scope, which is going to make it really tough. So I think it's kind of forcing people to maybe give up that damage for something else if they don't want to play that way. And it rewards people who may play as a sniper or use sniper rifles from medium to long distances where using that scope is, is more possible. Again, this is only my opinion. I understand why that wouldn't feel good to other people 
maybe there's a compromise in there where maybe one of the non-zoomed sites can have some kind of damage talent like headshot damage or something like that but maybe not as much as the 12x uh, i think there's room there to figure things out but um, i like the thought behind this change with the scoping mechanics and i hope they stick with it but i hope they also take feedback and are willing to adjust a little bit where it seems fair the last topic I'll cover relatively quickly here is the stagger. Um, that was a big topic uh, on Marco's video, but as well as some others. And uh, without going into it, basically, I'll just say that uh, Frederick Thylander uh, confirmed that those mechanics will not be in the final version of the game, that the shotguns will not stagger people um, and that the snipers won't either. What I will say, though, is I think that's really smart to not have the shotgun stagger people in the final I actually was okay with the sniper rifles doing it. Maybe if it was reduced to only bolt action sniper rifles. The MMRs, you may be able to deal with some abuse there because they can fire so much more rapidly. If you fire an MMR and stagger someone, you can immediately follow up that shot. And from the footage I've seen, guns like the M1A, uh, the SOCOM M1A or first wave M1A are extremely powerful. So if you stagger someone with the first shot, you can drop two or three more shots on them before their staggers over. And that wouldn't feel great. But if you have like a 700 carbon or a bold action sniper and you manage to hit someone with it, especially if you maybe it's a crit shot or a body shot and or head shot. If you stagger them, it gives you a chance to re-rack another bullet. And if you can hit another accurate shot, I feel like that's rewarding to a sniper. And if you aren't able to do that close up because of the just the simple mechanics of the sniper rifles, I don't know. I think that would work, but it seems like right now it's gone and we don't need to worry about it. So there's that. I think you all expected like an hour long show. There's a very good chance this is actually a shorter one than normal. So so there's that. Uh, like I said, look for a video. I'm, I'm going to attempt to do a recap of everything we got this week. Um, I've done a couple of these weekly recaps lately, and I would like to continue. This week just may be a little more challenging. The goal is still to do it in under five minutes so that people don't listen to me ramble on forever like you lovely people who listen to the podcast do. I don't have any listener questions this week. I would really like to. I understand there wasn't a lot to talk about recently, but please, 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 either on Twitter or especially on my Discord, which there should be a link to somewhere here. It's the uh, the EchoCast or the Division 2 Hub Discord. Ask me questions. Give me topics. Uh, we're really going to start getting into areas where if you want to hear my opinion, go at it. Uh, I want to reemphasize that I don't think that because I say things, you should agree with me. Um, I've talked about this before, how I think there's a lot of creators who people either treat them or they believe themselves that their opinions are the right ones and everyone should agree. Not the case at all here. In fact, I really respect the people who enjoy my content, who disagree with me entirely. And I, I enjoy those conversations as long as they're mature, respectful, and logical. So ask me topics, disagree with anything I've had to say, let me know. I'm happy to chat about it. That's how we uh, learn stuff about each other and and either strengthen or change our opinions. And it's good stuff. So please do that. As for this video or this podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, please drop a comment below. Subscribe to the channel if you want to see more of this. Uh, maybe give me a thumbs up. 
If you're on iTunes, please, please, please drop a review for me. This really helped me get some advertisement, feature me maybe. And I just like seeing the feedback. If you have any complaints, throw them in there. If you have anything nice to say, that makes me feel pretty good. So feel free to do it. Like I said, if you have any questions for the podcast for the next episode, please let me know on Twitter or through my Discord. There's a whole room in my Discord just for questions for the EchoCast. The EchoCast is on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. If you want to support the podcast or me in general, you can do it on Anchor as a supporter. It's essentially a Patreon. Or you can do it on Twitch with subs and bits and tips and all that. Um, Not just for me, but for any streamer in general, I highly suggest uh, giving them tips because that's the way they get the most of your money. If you want to give them five bucks on a sub or in biddies, you give it to them through a tip, they actually get way more of it and Twitch doesn't steal half of it. Just going to throw it out there. You can find me on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch is Bondiesel. On Instagram, I'm Bondiesel underscore Twitch. I've rambled on for a while today. Thank you so much for listening. That's what I've got for you. And until next time.